eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, this uh, Knicks loss. So again, they suffered two losses essentially in Sacramento on Thursday. One, they lost 122-117. It was a ragged game, especially to start the game for the Knicks. They went down 16 points in the first half. Jalen Brunson returned in this game and scored 19 points in the first half, but then did not return in the second half after suffering more left foot soreness. So that's obviously a great concern for the Knicks moving forward. The Knicks had a comeback in the second half and definitely made things interesting despite some wretched shooting from a lot of their top players. Uh, Randall, RJ, Emmanuel quickly shot a combined four for 28 from three. Barrett did lead the Knicks with 25. Randall had 23. Quinn Grimes did have a good game. He shot the ball really well, scoring 19 points. Did not close this game for a lot of the key parts, uh, stretches of the fourth quarter. So that'll be interesting to talk about. On the uh, King side, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Bonus, two All-Stars, tremendous. Sabonis, triple-double, 24, 13, and 10. De'Aaron Fox, huge buckets, 15 points uh, in the fourth quarter. He had 23, seven assists. So a uh, tough loss for the Knicks. They trailed most of the night. They had the chance to come back late, but were unable to overcome Fox despite a, a dominant offensive rebound performance. They had 23 offensive rebounds in this game, but Fox kind of put them away. So, um, uh, Ben, starting with just... The, the shooting that we saw in that game. How much do you feel like you can really attribute this loss purely to that? Because it was a, a huge issue. There were plenty of stretches in this game where the ball goes in, you feel like the whole dynamic of the game changes, and Nick just could not find shots to go down. Yeah, it's never one thing, but I would say that, that the shooting issues were the primary thing in this game. Uh, they got themselves so many chances on offensive rebounds. I mean, one of the yeah. reasons that the – number is so high is because they missed the clank so many shots right. uh and and they clanked them bad too it's like the rebounds are coming out to like the foul line where josh hart was 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 getting them um so yeah it was a really rough shooting night i do think that was the primary driver of the loss uh, i thought they did enough effort wise in the second half and on the defensive end to win this game i just thought they couldn't get shots to fall ultimately so yeah i i do think that was the primary driver primary issue they had in this game and do you feel like a lot of it was because it seemed like they were getting good shots? I mean, it seemed like I felt like in the first half, especially the first quarter, it makes they weren't running any of their sets to me with much uh, 
strength or force or effort. It, it was, a, and it seemed like the Kings were very much on their keys in terms of knowing what the Knicks wanted to do. And it seemed like in the second half, the Knicks were starting to get the kind of looks you expect them to get, especially, you know, after the offensive rebounds. Do you feel like they were getting good shots? Do you feel like shot selection at all was an issue down the stretch? Or do you, do you feel like it really was just guys not making shots? No, I, I generally agree with your analysis there. I thought they did get good looks, um, especially in the second half. You know, when you have Jalen Brunson, you almost don't need good looks because he makes so many tough ones. Um, yeah. And so once he went out, and he made some tough ones in the first half, once he went out, um, I thought they generated very good looks. Um, I thought the threes were generally really open. There were a couple of questionable ones. Grimes in the third quarter took a couple long ones that I thought were a bit ambitious. Um but like quickly had a ton of open looks. Uh, RJ, man, RJ throughout the entire game, frankly, had wide open threes that he just wasn't even particularly close on. Um, You know, Julius will always add some tough ones to his diet. He likes to take the step backs, but that's part, that's been what he does all season. So it's hard to question it now. Like some of his threes are tough threes. That's how he generates some of them. So overall, yeah, I thought they got great looks. If anything, I thought specifically Josh Hart passed up some ones that I thought he should have taken especially with the way the rest of the team was shooting. It was like, well, the shot you're getting here is the best one we're going to get. And I understand he's selective about when he shoots, but he should probably take some more. But yeah, I thought the shot selection was generally very good. I thought they put pressure on the rim. Even when they didn't score, they got offensive rebounds, kicked them out for those open threes. Those are the most valuable type of threes, right? Analytically is when, when you kick those out off the offensive rebounds, um, those have the highest make percentage. So it was just one of those nights, man, they couldn't get any to fall. And when you have a night like that, oftentimes as a coach, it becomes kind of difficult to kind of pick who to go to because, quite frankly, nobody's really hitting shots. It was kind of peculiar that the one guy that was hitting shots in the second half, Quentin Grimes, and and was actually doing a admirable job, I guess we could say, against Fox. I don't know if I'd say he was locking him up, but he definitely um, was their best chance at guarding Fox. He sat a long stretch in that fourth quarter and, and a stretch that pretty much decided the game. What did you make of Tibbs' substitutions down the stretch? I, I I tweeted, I thought that this might have been a game with how poorly quickly he was shooting, that maybe you don't go point guard. Maybe you decide to okay, put the ball in Randall and RJ's hands and let those guys kind of be your lead ball handler and then kind of space the floor with everybody else. Um, but maybe you even put a McBride. I don't know. But I, I, I question not having Grimes out there. And I also question not having Mitch out there. I, I thought Mitch had a really bad first half, but Fox was was – destroying them at the rim and it seemed like uh, whenever he got up against Hardenstein Hardenstein played hard last night and you saw the the markings of the blood all over his his, his leg sleeves like he, we knew he, he gave a great effort but he just was no deterrent at all Fox to get at the rim I would like to see Mitch out there did you agree with those substitutions and how Tibbs closed this game He's in a tough spot with these wings um, yeah. because he's going to have to, you know, and this, because Brunson was out, there was a bit more flexibility, but like generally having to choose between Grimes, RJ and Hart. And he's basically chosen Hart. Hart's going to close every game. It seems like, so it's really going to be a question of RJ Grimes and IQ when Brunson's playing. Um, IQ had a terrible game. I understand though. Look, I think he's established himself as probably a third best player on this team. I think I think it says something, and I think it's a worthwhile message to send, which is even when you're not having a good game, and he's had very few bad games over the last two, three months. So, like, even when he doesn't have it, I'm going to let you close because I trust you. I, I think that's a valuable message. So I, I don't want to – I know I, I saw a lot of, like, Wise quickly in this game. Quickly's in the game because he's been great. So 
you trust him. And he was the only point guard out there. So I, I didn't mind that. I, I, I questioned having RJ in there over Grimes last night. Uh, they took him out. I think they took Grimes out with like 4.30 left and for RJ. And RJ, look, he's resilient, man. He keeps going and he turns what was like – this is he does this a lot, right, where he turns a abominable first half and yeah. turns it into like, well, at least I got my 25 on 23 because I had a good second half or like I was relentless to the rim and I got to the line. and But – I just felt like Grimes was more valuable in that matchup matchup for the reasons that you stated. Like he clearly was their best option on Fox. Like Josh Hart is a wonderful defensive player. He's not meant to guard the quickest guards in the league. That's just not him. Like he's really good off the ball. He's really tough on wings. You ask him to guard the fastest point guards in the league. He's going to get blown by, especially when he hadn't sat since he came in about midway through the third quarter. So we're talking about a guy who's played that many straight minutes and play um, hard minutes too. I mean, we you saw I me. Mean, yeah, I mean, this guy as, was an animal on the glass. As and, hard and so, as hard as you'll ever see a guy play for a half. Right. I mean, he was everywhere. So it's like asking him to now guard De'Aaron Fox is probably too much. So yeah. I did think that Grimes should have been in the game. Um, and RJ, as much as his downhill attacking helped, kind of helped help get help get them where they were by the end of the fourth there to have a chance to win it i just didn't feel like his value was the same as grimes in that spot so i did disagree with that um that said i have trouble getting too upset about another guy like rj's your guy man you just signed him he's young he's like been with the franchise i i understand a coach saying like you know i gotta close with this guy right uh and so i don't know i i'm, I'm mixed on it i think i would have gone with grimes down the stretch i, I don't envy the position of having to choose between those guys because it's not easy but um i think grimes was probably the right call when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I feel like you mentioned the the kind of conundrum they have at the wing, which is kind of ironic because they kind of had a conundrum with Cam Reddish that they they just decided to they decided that he was not part of the equation. So yeah. a conundrum that was a conundrum, especially for some Nick fans, just ended up not being one for the team because they decided just not to play that guy. They replaced him with a guy in Josh Hart who you have to play. And now you have a real conundrum because now yeah. you have, you know, three guys on the wing. And if you could quickly as a pseudo wing because it's kind of a combo, like you have four guys essentially that will all will have a case to close any game the Knicks are playing. And we have a game where, you know, Hart is playing tremendous, but all the other three guys are all playing kind of terrible. It's, it, it puts you in a tough bind. And it puts you in a tougher bind in those games where they actually are playing well. And now you have to make a decision. Um, and then we saw RJ get frustrated at certain points since the hard trade when he is not a uh, closed game. So it, it's it's, it's going to be kind of a, a storyline throughout. You mentioned the contract you just gave RJ. You mentioned him being number three pick in the draft. All these guys have have like emotional weight to them, emotional sure. value to them. Like they're all first round picks and quickly crimes and RJ. Um, they all are guys that people look at and say, hey, these guys are the future uh, the franchise in terms of being you know potential pieces and at the end of the day like they all can't play at once so this is a continues to be a decision that Tim's gonna have to make down the stretch 
Yeah, and it is. Look, it's it's theoretically a good problem to have, right? Because they right. have they have all these quality guys that could finish a game for you. I think the best way to do it is to truly match up. Um, and I and and that's where kind of this matchup I thought was was befitting for Grimes to finish. Like, it it should be used as a weapon. Um, we know that Tibbs sometimes gets rigid, and will have a closing lineup regardless. And I wonder if that's just the case. Yeah. Um, although when Brunson's in, it seems to be RJ sits on the bench as well, and it's IQ and Hart. That's been the closing lineup for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's I'm not sure it will be utilized as a weapon in the way that I kind of wish it was, but uh, I do think you know on the positive side of it, it's you've developed these players to the point where they could all finish games, and they're all valuable pieces for different reasons. On the um, Hartenstein thing, you know, I yeah. I didn't have as much of an issue with it, and I understand your point, and again. It's not just about who was playing better or who was the better matchup. It's also Hartenstein had played how many straight minutes? Seven footer playing that many straight minutes. Yeah. It's a lot to ask and played his butt off as well in terms of being on the offensive glass and after Absolutely. every single rebound and trying to keep up with Sabonis and the way that offense moves in Sacramento. It is a lot to deal with on a possession to possession basis for a five to deal with Sabonis handoffs and getting in position and all that. It's not easy. So I get it. And uh, maybe they should have been kind of moved in and out a little bit quicker for that reason. In terms of, I thought though that Hartenstein did a really good job. And I also just didn't like the way Mitch approached the game from really the first possession. I thought to allow Sabonis to power through you and get to his left hand on his very first possession, when that's all that he wants to do in the post, said a lot about kind of where Mitch's approach was in that game. And I think Tibbs kind of sensed that. You Hmm. can't let that guy who, by the way, is X amount of inches shorter than you. I know he's an ox. I know he's strong. But like yeah. you're Mitchell Robinson, you cannot just let him get a left-handed layup in the post against you on the first possession. Like, that's a statement. Yeah. And so I, I, I was kind of frustrated with Mitch the whole night. And so I didn't have an issue with Hartenstein fin- finishing. But again, I think it's asking a lot of these players, and this is a Tibbs thing where like Hart enters the game and he never leaves, quickly enters the game, he never leaves. Hartenstein enters the game. In this case, he never left. Like it, yeah. You can stagger these guys in and out a little bit quicker so that they're not playing 18, 19 straight minutes. I mean, it's kind of nuts. So I, I yeah. wonder if that's something they'll look at. Yeah, it, it seems to be, and, and Tibbs has said this a lot when it came to going to the shorter rotation. I don't know if he's necessarily said it in terms of some of these long stretches he got to play, but I imagine – this is where he's thinking as well. He seems to value guys playing in rhythm and guys playing well and riding that out and feeling like even if they're not playing so great, um, I can ride this out and hopefully they'll find that rhythm and, and get that touch. I think he saw Hartenstein playing so well and he figured uh, he's in a rhythm now. I don't want to bring in Mitch who's cold, who hasn't played in, in a while. I thought Mitch, we'll talk about Brunson in a second. I thought Mitch, he's little, he had a couple of Knicks and Knicks in this game too. He, I don't know how 100% healthy he was in that second half and i had someone tweet me maybe that was why he actually didn't play but either way like mm-hmm. it seems like tibbs in these stretches is like look this guy is going he's playing well like i'm just gonna ride him but it, yeah. it's just it's just uneven because then you have quentin grimes who was playing really well and he elected not to put him in to go with rj so it, it's I, that's the one thing i've always had trouble with tips at times it feels like there's too much inconsistency with like when he decides to go to his principles and when he ignores them yeah and and on the other side of it, it's hard to argue that since he went to that nine-man rotation and is kind of employed Smart. quickly in this way, quickly has made a huge jump in terms of yeah. his production and his his effectiveness. So, like, I do, I, he said that on – I've heard him in press conferences say, like, since we made that change and got – it's specifically affected quickly in his rhythm. And what he means by that is I just leave him in the game. 
right. and it's yeah. and it's worked. So it is yeah. it is a bit hard to argue against. And the question is, like, is there diminishing returns when guys play that long? Maybe quickly has a certain level of stamina. I'm not sure you could apply to Isaiah Hartenstein, who's a seven footer and is a backup setter. Like, I don't know how he how effective he is when you play him that many straight minutes. Um, and even quickly now, I know the Boston game was kind of a um, an exception because of how long it was and how many minutes he played, which was crazy. But he hasn't looked the same since, and you wonder if he's still recovering from that. And that's not really, you know, double overtime game is a double overtime game. He was great in it. It's hard to blame Tibbs for playing him that long. But, um, again, you just wonder in terms of your substitution patterns in this game, if you could have been a little bit more judicious in terms of subbing guys in and out and trying to stay fresh, especially, as I said, against the pace of Sacramento, which is right. extreme. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and before we get to Brunson, what did you make? I mean, this is the first time a lot of Knicks fans watched Sacramento this season. Um, I, I believe Tommy talked about it prior to uh, the game that Sacramento has one of the best offenses in the league, one of the fastest paces in the league. A lot of Knicks fans, I think, were maybe some of them were a little surprised considering what the Kings have been for the last 15, 20 years at this point. Um, how did were the Knicks? How were the Kings so successful in being able to break down? Uh, that Knicks defense, which we know has played uh, at a pretty good level for a little while now. Yeah, I thought, you know, it's an adjustment uh, to play a team like that. And you definitely saw it early. Like they were they were not ready for that kind of pace and activity on the offensive end. And Sabonis as the hub, like just dribble handoff into dribble handoff into post, into pass, into like split action. Like they just run a ton of stuff consecutively that's hard to adjust to and not similar to most NBA offenses um fox is a load to deal with like every he puts so much pressure on you just because of his speed um and then you mix around they have such good shooting around them with herder who's an elite shooter and monk who came first half was blazing right yeah. and then you have and then and then you have keegan murray who's emerging as a real player and made some didn't make like made some moves and shots last night that kind of were eye-opening in terms of what kind of talent yeah. he is. Like, he made an on-the-move three that was, like, leaning to his right off a handoff that was kind of wild and a couple reverse layups where he attacked. So uh, it's a unique offense, and it's really tough to contend with. I thought the Knicks were caught off guard by it, which is not all that surprising. And I think they adjusted throughout the game and started to deal with it better as the game went on. I didn't think they gave up a lot of easy points in the second half. And then I thought De'Aaron Fox, which he's done all year long, just closed the game. Um, yeah. He just closed the game with shot making and incredible dribble moves. That last cross on Hart was as filthy a move as you'll see all yeah. season long. Um, it was like a little hezzy dribble on his right side and then just blow by cross left. And again, I thought it was a lot to ask of Josh Hart. I thought Grimes would have been the better matchup, but you got to give credit to a guy who has closed games all year with incredible efficiency. So. Yeah, they're a lot. They're a lot to deal with. I thought the Knicks kind of figured it out as the game went along, but it's a tough offense to stop. And it was also unfortunate to see Fox doing what he was doing. And you mentioned how great he is. He's been the leading scorer in clutch points all season. So again, I think not just Knicks fans, a lot of NBA fans who have not paid attention to Kings this year. That was a national TV game. Uh, we're like, wow, okay, this is what the Kings have working with right now. Um, Fox was tremendous, but it was unfortunate to see Fox be able to go essentially almost unopposed in closing that game because we know for the Knicks that closer for the most part has been Jalen Brunson and Jalen yeah. missed this 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 part. I think that was a, a crucial piece of this game that the Knicks couldn't match Fox's offensive output. If you're coming into this stretch of games here where you don't have Brunson, how can the Knicks adjust late in games to try to 
make up for it or or can they is is it not is it going to become a thing where they're just going to have to have somebody step up from night to night and figure it out kind of by osmosis yeah it's it's crazy right the difference that you see when randall's option a instead of b um it's just so evident like in how much he struggles to just contain to to protect the ball dribble the ball right yeah it's like when you went off and we saw look it's like all all from the atlanta series like we understand we know like when teams load up on him and can load up on him and not worry about the consequences of doing that he's just not a quick enough decision maker and he's not quite secure enough with the ball to to make things happen so i don't think the answer is running things through julius um, I th- and, and against Boston in that first overtime and in the fourth quarter, you saw the same thing, right? No Brunson. Now what they did in the second overtime was they handed the offense off to, I- to IQ and quickly made plays and won that game for them, brought it home. I think that's, that is the answer is like IQ with more responsibility with the ball. The issue in this game was that IQ was just having an awful night of it. Um, and so can yeah. you rely on him night to night to be that guy? Well, that's the next step for Emmanuel quickly is like, is he that guy like a Jalen Brunson where I can just hand him the ball in the fourth quarter and expect him to generate shots for my team? I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think he's really made a huge step this year, but I don't know if he's quite there yet. And it becomes an issue. Like RJ is a guy that theoretically should be supplying that offense in the late game, but they didn't don't trust him with the ball at all down the stretch. And I don't know if they're wrong not to. Like I don't right. think his decision-making throughout the game – entitled him to that kind of responsibility down the stretch so it's you're in a tough spot like in that game you kind of sense it like where do they go for this offense right now yeah and Tibbs will default to like julius stuff and the julius stuff was a bit of a disaster down the stretch um grimes isn't really quite ready to like have those on ball reps yet so he wasn't the answer um it's hard and their offense um as great as it's been this season and and i think everyone gets credit for how great it's been this season it's not a very creative offense right? It's essentially, we're going to bully you. We're going to get isolation. We're going to run down your throat and get offensive rebounds off of that and get to the line a ton. Like that's what we're going to do. Yeah. When you don't have Jalen Brunson, who's kind of the guy that makes that all work because he's the best at getting downhill and the best at making those floaters and the best at drawing attention, it kind of all goes to hell and they don't have like the intricate sets or ball movement to make up for it. Right. So I do think it's a challenge for this team specifically to run without Brunson. If IQ is not going to, take his place at like the, like he did against Boston. I think that is going to be a challenge, and I think it's why the Knicks desperately need Jalen Brunson back as soon as possible. Uh, but this game also taught you that you can't bring him back too quick because he's right. going to re-aggravate that thing. So we have to make sure it's healthy, and you got to try to steal some games in the meantime. Yeah, I, I you know, whenever I hear a foot deal, I mean, every injury is obviously – frustrating but when you're whenever you're a foot thing that that's something where you need rest because at the end of the day you could feel okay and then you go out there and you go you take that pounding and all of a sudden um you're not okay and and you could actually aggravate or make things worse so i kind of wish the knicks would have held a little more restraint i know Jalen wanted to be out there i know he wanted to start this west coast trip and, and play throughout the way but i i i i it's unfortunate that he had that situation happen with the foot injury because now you know who knows how long he'll be out and as we saw um in the game on thursday night or the game against charlotte like this is kind of what the knicks are when they close games and it looks a lot like the 2021 2022 knicks like um it, a lot of the same yeah. issues that knicks had closing games that season they look like the exact same team i'm watching Randall get the ball ripped out of his hands from uh by by harrison barnes i'm seeing the team uh you know not be able to execute inbound plays with Harden. randall having confusion like they really need to uh, make sure that they can get Brunson healthy 
And in the meantime, they're going to have to hold on for their life. What they can do is they cannot start a game down 16 points um, and shooting as poorly as they did uh, in that game. That that will help them a great deal to avoid those kinds of situations. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it's easy to look at the fourth quarter um, of games because these games inevitably like swing back and forth now in the NBA and they end up close. But like, you're exactly right to look at that first quarter and that start. And the Knicks just weren't ready for the Knicks for the Kings' energy and pace and and ball movement. And I think you you really look back on the game as a whole and you say, yeah, they could have shot the ball better. But had they come out a little bit more ready for that game, I think they they probably win this one. So it, it, yeah. it's a good call out and to think about those first quarters. Generally, the Knicks I think have been pretty good in the first quarter this year. Yeah, um, that was a pretty rough one. So yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, so the Knicks lose this one 122 or 117. They now move on to their uh, Los, Los Angeles back-to-back they have coming up. They got the Clippers Saturday, Lakers Sunday. So NBA scheduling not doing any favors for this team. 